Welcome to the house of the Lord this evening. What a day it's been. I was thinking about uh, today. Uh, I, I'm sure all of you know that uh, this is an exciting weekend for Cypress Street Church and that we're, we have the Masters with us, Pastor Dan, Lynn, and their daughter Melissa, Melissa Masters with us. And we've already had three meetings and there's three more to go because we have two circles and worship tomorrow. So we're halfway done. We're halfway there. Thank you, Marlon. And uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, I think you ought to doubly pray for them because we've been working them. They have been <laughs> everywhere. And uh, it, it's been great. Great fellowship and all. Uh, I want to... Uh, Open us with a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll worship. We've had some technical difficulties with the program, so we're going to be doing a few things different. But all of you, if you don't have it, there's a sheet when you came in, and it'll have the words on the song. It, there, are they going to be up there or not? The words won't be on there, so you will need a sheet uh, to be able to sing uh, the words. Although the first uh, couple songs, most of us know them pretty well, so just want to make sure you're aware of that. We're going to be working on that later as well. Thank you for coming. Let's uh, invite the Lord's presence today. Father, we love you. And as we've already said many times as a corporate body, we just adore you, Lord, your goodness for creating us and being in our life and giving us love and Father, the family of God, and tonight your body here at Cyber Street meets together and has the opportunity to worship you. And yes, Lord, also meet a new friend and family, and God, we pray for your blessings on the masters, pray that everything that is sung today, we worship you and sing to you, and every word that's shared will minister to our heart. Lord, we give you permission to challenge us and to encourage us. May your will be done, and all God's people said, Amen. We had a great meet and greet meeting this morning for those of you who were not here to join us. I know bodies are tired, but this is a worship service, and it's a great way to start singing, God is good. God is good? All, all the time. time. All the time. God, God is, is good. good. He's still good. Now, I'm telling you right now, this next song we're doing, A Child of God, I better see some grins on some faces out there. This is a happy song. So if you're a child of God, you ought to be smiling while you sing this song, okay? <laughs>
Thank you. I want to make sure there wasn't another song before I came up here. Um, at this time, uh, I've got a couple announcements and then I uh, want to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, I mentioned the activities just to let everybody know after the service tonight we'll have refreshments and just love on one another and get to meet, especially if you hadn't had a chance to meet Dan, Lynn, or Melissa, especially, uh, you know, make that opportunity to be with them. If you've had the privilege to be with them a lot, you might just let them sit back until they're free and then get them for a minute. We want everybody to have an opportunity to visit with them. Uh, you'll be blessed with that, so keep that in mind. And then tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock sharp, not 9.01, <laughs> Carolyn, <laughs> amen. Okay, at 9 o'clock sharp, uh, Pastor Dan and, will be in the uh, classroom down in the fellowship hall with Sister Carolyn and, and that group. And then here at 10 o'clock, the service. And then I think we also have a sheet for tomorrow as well. I think we're doing the same thing because the system's down. Um, and then uh, 11 circles. And I think all the adult groups are going to meet in the fellowship hall uh, tomorrow as well. So an opportunity to get to know them a little bit better. And, and there will be a devotion as part of that as well. Okay. Uh, I'm sure most of you get prayer text and and we, we were hit with a pretty uh, tough tragedy. And of course, Priscilla Worsham, our secretary, who we love dearly, uh, and in case you, you're not familiar, of course, last Sunday we uh, had the celebration of life of Larry service, and it appears to be that uh, uh, Priscilla's uh, granddaughter passed away possibly later that night or the next day. They found her uh, yesterday. So. We want to really remember the Cheyenne Jordan family and uh, just a tragedy. And we know that we serve a God that is alive and able to do exceedingly above what we ask or think. And of course, all of us that love Priscilla are, are praying for her and ministering to her. And, and both Carvin and I have both had an opportunity to visit with them, minister to them, and just love on them and be in prayer for them. Um, during this time uh, as well. Our, our, you know, it's a small group tonight and it's a Saturday night. Is there anyone else that I am not aware of or any updates? I know uh, BJ's brother, uh, Larry, also Lawson, and um, if there's anyone else. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Father, we have an opportunity to come again and you tell us to cast our cares on you. What an amazing few words to say. To know that, Lord, when we face anything in our life, when others we love face things in their life, Lord, you tell us to give it to you, to cast it to you. You tell us to not be anxious about anything, but to pray about everything. So, Lord, we're striving to be faithful. We know that you are the healer. You're our comforter. So, God, especially with the family of Cheyenne and the Worsham family, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would lift them up and be with them, Lord, as you have been, but especially uh, in the loss of the granddaughter, 27 years old. Father, we pray that you can give peace where there really is no peace. Prince of Peace, fall upon that family and minister to them. And many in our church, and Lord, I understand she went to the preschool here as a child. So, Lord, all that are involved in that, I pray, God, that you would turn good out of this tragedy as only you can. Father, we also pray for the Lawson family and Lord uh, Larry in the struggles of hospice and all that's involved in that. BJ's brother, several others, Lord, that, that we prayed for. And Lord, there are many others that I'm aware of and we're all aware of. So Lord, right now we cast that name, that child that doesn't know you, that parent that doesn't know you. Uh, Father, we, we cast that name to you. And Lord, we also cast to you the ourself, our physical needs, and Lord, the needs that we have uh, in our own body and we lay them at your feet. We know all healing comes from you. We thank you for doctors. We thank you for, uh, Lord, wisdom. But we know the healing comes from you. And we acknowledge that and we give you honor and praise. And, Lord, we thank you for Dan and Lynn and their family, Lord, and for the privilege to have known them personally for so long. And, God, tonight we just pray that you would uh, give him freedom to share Lynn, freedom to share, Father, what you've laid on his heart, and Lord, he'd just feel at home here, and God, we would just hear what it is you have for us tonight. Draw us close to you, and draw us closer to each other. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, I'd like to introduce a longtime friend, Pastor Dan Masters, currently from Harrisonburg, Illinois. Harrisburg, no, no son in the Harrisburg, Illinois. But they're Southern Illinois, so they're they're Christians below a certain line, and, and that you know where all the others are, brother Dan. Seems 
that's the Lord leads us in places that we need to be. And uh, my our life, uh, our family has been on a continual journey uh, through uh, our ministry, through our years together. And I was telling, I said this morning, uh, we've learned a whole lot, and, and, and but we still have got a lot more to learn. And hopefully, you'll be able to teach me. And teach me how to do something. I do want to give you a little secret on my preaching that you probably need to know. And you might want to take notes on this. Uh, that uh, there's a story about uh, an old preacher that uh, got a new horse. Somebody gave him a horse. And maybe you've heard this story before, but uh, he taught that horse two commands. The first one was amen, and the other one was praise the Lord. And what he did to get the horse going was he would say, amen, and the horse would start going. And he'd go for a while, and then when it came time to stop, he'd say, praise the Lord, and the horse would stop. Really amazing. And so one day he was out uh, riding his horse. And using the amen and praise the Lord and enjoying his ride and he approached a deep cliff. And he uh, employed the, the preacher's words to praise the Lord. And the horse walked going and died when he got to the cliff. He said, now, what is that word that I'm supposed to use to get him to stop? To which the rider enthusiastically yelled, Amen! And the horse jumped over the cliff. So, here's what I'm, I'm telling you. If you want me to shut up, tell me, praise the Lord! And that'll get it going every time. I, I use this, this tactic in my church where I was at. I had a, a, a young teenager, and he employed it all the time. It caught my attention. And I didn't do any good, but it caught my attention. He said, and he'd say, Amen! Amen! Praise the Lord. Uh, so sometimes it works and most of the time it don't. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I've asked Glenn to come up and share uh, just for a few moments. And I don't really know what she's going to share because what she told me she was going to share, I said, no, I don't want you to share that. So, <laughs> so uh, but I don't know what she's going to share. And so I've given her just a few minutes. And then you can all tell me. Uh, to, to praise the Lord and amen and all that stuff. Well, we'll see how this works. Because I've been told I talk too long, talk too much. So, uh, and I love you. <laughs> However, I will tell you that I do like to honor my husband, but I honor the Lord more. And if the Lord gives me something to say, I think I ought to say it. So... <laughs> And so I, uh, we were re resting just for a few minutes. And so what the Lord impressed upon me to share about tonight, just as a little, just a tip of my, uh, my mission experience. Um, my first opportunity to go to mission field was when I was in college. I was a, a twin uh, semesters my uh, freshman year. I had a chance to go to Guatemala and help build a little church out in the middle of someplace. Shekel Show was the name of it. Um, great experience. It really opened my heart to missions. Had another chance in college to go on a bus trip to um, Monterey, uh, Mexico. That was a weekend trip. 
And, and so I really uh, am, had a heart for missions planted in my heart at that time. Um, then for the next 40 years, what I do, I prayed. I have a friend that travels to uh, India and she told me at camp meeting one year, I, I, we were catching up, and she said, I just did something so awesome. I went to India, and I was speaking to the women over there. And I'm like, oh, Belinda, that is really awesome. Um, and she said, um, I said, just keep me, you know, let me know what's going on. So back then, we didn't have Facebook or whatever, uh, cell phones. We just had email. So she would email me uh, periodically, and going on a trip, would you be my prayer partner? So I, I was a prayer partner for 40 years. And then um, I'm... It, when Dan was preaching through a series um, on the Purpose Driven Church, one of the messages is on missions. And so I was, you know, just thinking, you know, we've done missions through our church. We've done Faith Promise through the years, just different, you know, missions things. So I was just tracking with him. And then it was like the Lord began to speak to me. And I didn't really know what to, what to make of it at first because I didn't like what he was saying to me. <laughs> And I, he was talking to me about, you know, going to India. And this came out of the blue, out of the blue. I mean, it wasn't like all of a sudden I'd gotten heard from her about it or anything. I mean, maybe eight weeks earlier she had mentioned, I'm going to pray for me. We're working on a trip to India. I don't even know. But it wasn't like something I had just been thinking about. And I'm like, India. And I started arguing. I call it my burning bush experience. Because if you remember, Moses liked to argue with God. So I kind of argue with God a little bit. But I went to India, and that was in 2013, and uh, that was a wonderful opportunity. It showed me so many things about myself and uh, about women around the world and, and how much they love the Lord, too. Then I had another chance about four years later to go back, and if the Lord's willing, I'd like to go again. So that's kind of how God brought me to um, be a missionary. The interesting thing to me is um, when I was in Dan's family, his dad was, had a heart for missions. And one of the things that he had prayed about after he left India, he was in World War II, he was stationed in India, and he said, God, if you'll just get me out of this godforsaken land, he really did not want to be there. I mean, it was, well, World War II was not a pleasant place anyway in the part of India he was in. It was really difficult. And so um, I thought it was very interesting that it's not Dan that got called to India, it was Dan's wife that got called to India. So, you know, I get to fulfill the thing that he asked, you know, he wanted to go back later on. The Lord dealt with him about his reluctance to go. And so his mission field was not India, it got to be my mission field. His mission field was Africa. So um, I just want to let you know a little bit about that, that particular part of my life.
And that leads me into the scripture that I wanted to, uh, to use this evening, and that is simply from Jesus' teaching in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus said, Seek first, first, y'all say first, 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 the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else you need will be added unto you. That, to me, is the heart of who I am and who we are as we come to share with you at this particular time in the life of this church, is that I want you to know that I am a kingdom people. And uh, I have a, a general understanding, a little bit, of the kingdom. Don't understand it all. There's still a lot more I've got to learn about it. But through the years, I have been presented with challenges in my ministry about the kingdom of God. Jesus' life left an impact on the world. Would you agree with that? Amen. But how did he make an impact on the world? He taught the kingdom. Uh, uh, Dr. Gawkey, years ago, impressed me because I was not raised with this teaching about the kingdom. I went to Gulf Coast Bible College, and before long, Dr. Uh, Gawkey, Max Gawkey, who was the president of Gulf Coast Bible College at that time, he put a book out. He said, May thy kingdom come now. I said, What is he talking about? And, but it has impressed me through the years that I am learning and growing in the kingdom of God. And I want to talk about that just for a few moments because I believe it's the church's job, mission, to leave an impact on the world for the kingdom of God. You know, you know uh, the scripture tells us that we are in the world, but not of the world. Why not? Because we are of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and it is not only a it is not only a future uh, a, a, a trip in the future for eternity, but the kingdom of God is a present reality today that we can live in, and we can uh, we can trust in those promises. The message of Jesus about the kingdom was an urgent message that was needed in the, the time of Jesus especially, just as it is today. It was a time when the Jewish people were under the, the, the reins of the Roman government. And the Jews were looking for a king. They were looking for a Messiah to come. And of course, when Jesus came, he began his ministry, as we read in Luke chapter 4, he began his ministry by teaching the things of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is near. I want to say that, church, we have an urgent message for the world in which we live in. We have an urgent message for the lost. We have an urgent message for our children. I want to tell you, our children are fallen right and left from the body of Christ. Because somehow or other, that message has not penetrated their hearts. It is a message the kingdom is for teenagers. Teenagers fit into the kingdom too. Young, Amer young marrieds, 
uh, and need this message too. And us senior folks, well, we really need it. We really need this message. Well, what is this message of the kingdom? I uh, pastored for 40 some years now, and I told you that I have a growing experience in understanding the kingdom. And uh, I pastored a church in Birmingham, Alabama for uh, some years. And I, it is my nature, I would get in church, I'll be in church on Sunday morning, usually a couple hours before you start. That's just me, it kind of gets my head in here. Gives me a little bit more time to pray, get ready for, for worship and for the events of that day. And I was in my office in Birmingham one Sunday morning. And uh, as I was in my office, a little 12-year-old boy came in my office. And he told me his name. He said, I, I, I've never met him before. He said, my name's David. I said, well, David, how are you? He said, I'm looking for a church. <laughs> and I strive to understand it a little bit more. And he said, yeah. He said, uh, my mom and dad told me I could go out and look for a church. And there were several churches in the little community there. And uh, he said, I decided to come here. I want to see what your church is like. And I said, oh, Lord, hope we all got it together today. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I told him about we had a youth program where his Sunday school class would meet. And then after our Sunday school class there, we would have, have our morning worship. And David went to the Sunday school class and he stayed for the morning worship. Now that's some things that adults all don't always do. <laughs> but, uh, not throwing stones. <laughs> but uh, as, as, as David left, he said, that was a, a, this is a beautiful church. And he shook my hand on it. And, and I noticed that when he left, he had ridden his bicycle to church. And so he said, I said, I hope I'll see you again, David. I, for some reason, I didn't, wasn't able to get where he lived or anything like that. And so next Sunday came and David wasn't around. I thought, oh, what do we do? You know, how do I get a hold of David? Couldn't find David. And uh, time went on, we kind of forgot about David. About a year later, he shows up again. About the same time, and he came into my office again and said, do you remember me? I said, yeah, David. Yeah, he said, oh, i got a problem. He said, he said, one thing you told me when I left, if I ever needed anything, that you would help me. And I said, yeah, I did say that. I was really mad from my bottom heart. He said, I've got a problem with that. I said, what's that? He said, well, he said, Pastor Dan, he said, I've been going down to this Methodist church. And he said, I really like it there. He said, and my bicycle's broke down. I'm going to be have to walk. And he said, I was wondering if you would not mind Give me a ride and I'll And uh, I have to be honest with you. I said, David, I don't have time. I'm here trying to prepare. I, I really don't have time. And he said, that's what I thought you'd say. And he turned around and walked out. And that was one of those times that the Holy Spirit comes up and bangs you on the head and said, well, who do you think you are? And so I ran 
David to find a home in our church. I really wanted him to. And because he, he became active down the Methodist church. And I thought, why couldn't we have him? And the Lord said, you need to learn something from this. And this is something, a, a, a lesson that I've learned through the years. It's the kingdom of God is bigger than the church of God here on earth. The church of God entails all believers. If you are a Christian, I told this a bunch to a bunch of pastors that are our minister alliance a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, you all know you're members of my congregation? <laughs> and they said, huh? <laughs> uh, and, and if you belong to Jesus, if you accepted Christ into your heart, you belong to the kingdom. And that's what Jesus was talking about all the time. And we can look at the world with all of its harsh, harsh things that are taking place, with the, all the meanness and all the hate and all the victory and whatever else, the darkness that's out there. But I want you to know the kingdom of God is still on the, it's still real. Amen. And it still is true today what Jesus said about it. It is a kingdom of peace in the midst of the storms. It is a kingdom of joy. I don't know how he was raised, but I was raised in a very conservative home. Pretty legalistic. <laughs> and I, I, sometimes I would fight and wrestle with some of the rules my mom and dad put on me. And, and, and one of them was, you know, you, 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 if, if I can express this, I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday school, morning worship, Sunday evening to youth class, then Sunday work or Sunday night worship, Wednesday night, and we had a Thursday night prayer meeting that I had to go to when I was a kid. It's kind of, kind of, well, you know what it's like. And, 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 and you, kind of, you can kind of get in a rut that that's what you're supposed to do. But there comes a place when we understand the kingdom, that the kingdom is just not on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday night or Thursday night, but the kingdom is all around us. It's where the Spirit of God flows and transforms and gives that peace and joy. Colossians says, Chapter 1, I think it's verse 12 through 13. It's not on the board. Ray asked me what scriptures I was going to use. And I said, Lord, I don't really know. But the first one covers it all. Colossians chapter 1, I think it's 13 and 14. said, The Lord has delivered me. God has delivered me from a domain of darkness into his marvelous light through Christ Jesus. That's the kingdom. If you've been delivered from your sin, you're in the kingdom. Congratulations. We're children of God. I love that song we sang this evening. I am a child of God. Are you proud of that this evening? Amen. I am the kingdom people. And the Lord teaches me every day a little bit more about the kingdom. I have a child that I got good kids, and Lynn's going to talk about, about tomorrow, and tomorrow morning about our children just a little bit. But um, he has Asperger's. I don't know how many of you know Asperger's. It's, it's kind of a, a high uh, attention, high level autism. He functions very good, and some, most people never know he's got autism. 
decided he couldn't come back home and live, and he didn't know what to do with his life after graduation. So him and some, him and some of his friends from college decided they'd go down to Dallas, Texas. They didn't know anybody in Dallas, Texas. And they were all going to get jobs. They all did. And didn't know a whole lot about what they were doing. But one thing Nathaniel did, he found a church. Now, it's not a church of God, what we say it's a church of God. It's a, 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 a very, um, what do we call that? It is an Orthodox church. I don't know if you know anything about Orthodox church, but they begin to get very literal, and it, it, is, it is very disciplined, and some people would say legalistic. And I don't like some of the teachings, but I do know one thing. We got together, and we talked to him, and talked to some of his friends, and I said, what about your relationship with Jesus? And said, Teach Jesus. Jesus saves. And we got together. And some of their beliefs are not quite right. But you know what? That church has loved on Nathaniel and taken him under their wings. And he, he's always writing to his siblings and writing to us about something he's learning in church, studying the scriptures. He's learning how to fast. Now, how many of you did that? <laughs> and, and, and it's really helping him. And that's what I've had to another journey here. I've had to learn another aspect of the kingdom here. That we cannot control the kingdom. God controls the kingdom. It's His. It belongs to Him. And whatever, if the kingdom, if we really believe the kingdom exists here in this place, God is here. Because God rules. God knows what's been taking place in our lives. The last several months. The church. Us. Well, we, uh, to be honest with you, most of you know, uh, this, taking another pastor to this age of my life, I'm 69 years old. I'm an old man. Just ask my kids, I'll tell you. Uh, and, 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 you know, this was not number one, where the direction we was going. But also understand, this is not exactly the direction you guys as a congregation want to go. And so, isn't it? sense of humor that God uses to bring things together. And, you know, Ray and me, Ray and Dan has been friends a long time. I hadn't seen them in that long. Years. That, well, I, I, you know, he calls me up with a clear mood. I thought, this doesn't have to be out there. And so we've been praying about it and trying to work it. But that's the beauty of the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, things come together. They bring unity, they bring love, and they bring peace. I think that's what the church is a part of. And the kingdom of peace is dwelling within us shall ever increase in my soul. We possess it right here when he saves from all sin and shall last while the ages shall grow. I'm a kingdom person. Don't ever argue with me about the kingdom. That's one conviction. I will not compromise. I belong in the kingdom of God. The devil can't take it away from me. Because God is for me. He's not against me. Well, I need to get to my notes. (laughs) 
Matthew 13 talks about the kingdom a little more. And if you ever look at the parables of Jesus, especially Matthew 13, he always starts his parables off with the kingdom of God is like. And this is it's so similar to my journey in the kingdom. The first verse I would point you to says the kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed. Little tiny mustard seed. The tiniest of all seeds. That in time it grows. And the birds are able to build their nest and eat in those mustard plants. I've got to tell you a little bit about this. Lynn and I had the privilege several years ago to go to the Holy Land. And uh, we really didn't know what to expect. But we, we, we stayed one night in a in a little place, it was called a caboots. I don't know if any of you, you know what a caboots is. And, and it, it's where it's a community center and where guests stay and everything's provided for you and everything. And so we was tired that day. We went to bed. It was pitch black. We woke up in the morning and right outside our window was the biggest yellow little tree that was sprouting and really blossoming. And I went to the tour guide and I said, that is the most beautiful flower. I said, what is that? And he looked at me. He said, you don't know your Bible, do you? <laughs> and it was a mustard seed had gotten in that and grown. It was so beautiful. That's what Jesus was talking about. This kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed that we allow to grow and become more like Jesus. Our personal relationship with God is like a mustard seed. And in the journeys of life, wherever you are involved in, whether you're young or whether you're old, should be like that little mustard seed, growing into the likeness of Christ. He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, but he also said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that spreads itself out. If there's anything, sometimes I don't think we as a church are doing very good is we're not very good leavening. and move beyond the walls and into our neighborhoods and into our families. Folks, if, 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 if it would so be that I would come to be your pastor, I want us to learn how to invite people back to church. And, and, and you know, there's, there's no secret. It's just doing it. We have forgotten to invite our families to church. When they when they brought our grandkids, our neighbors. Uh, and I hope that we can we we can blossom out. And others when they pass Cypress Street, they'll say, hey, that's the kingdom there. That's the kingdom of work. You see, this is the place where we get uh, get developed, where we get trained. And we get motivated and we get challenged. This is the place. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like leaven. He said the kingdom of God is like a treasure. I don't know how many, I don't know your, your status financially. But I know this. You may be the poorest person materially on the face of the earth. But if you got Jesus, you got a treasure. Amen. 
that treasure in times of challenge, you know it's there. And we were able to dig down and find that treasure where Jesus gives us peace, reminds us that he loves us no matter who we are, no matter how we sin. He loves us. He don't like the sin, but he loves the sinner. And we are all equal in this kingdom with a treasure. I said I believe in children. I think the kingdom of God is about children. I believe the kingdom of God is about youth. I don't know how it's been promoted or shared, but I, I want to know as pastor each of you on a personal level. Children, I want to know. I, uh, the two boys back there that came this morning, I learned that they played football. And they're excited about it. They love football. And I saw them fighting and wrestling a little bit today. You know what? I want to know more of that. I, I need your energy. Will you give me some of your energy? I, 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 I want to be a friend to you. You know, in the, in, in, in the uh, world that we live in, in the church world that we live in, you know, uh, people, are, uh, people are, don't feel called to the ministry like they used to be. And I, I've come to, in my reading and understanding that the best leaders in a congregation are those that come out of the pews, right where they're at. Youth, children. Why? Because that's a place where we are educated with the things of God. And then when we're educated with the things of God, that's all we need to survive life. I believe in youth. I need their energy. Believe in families. I want you to know I love families. We got one. Sometimes we wish we didn't, but we do. I believe in leadership. And I, what a fantastic time that we've had just in the last 24 hours sitting down with the leadership of this congregation and sharing stories and laughing together and crying together and, and just uh, sh sharing God's love with each other. I want you to know there is a fine group of leaders in this church. It's got a vision for this church. And, you know, a vision is something that we get challenged with. It's not something that we automatically come into, but it's something we're challenged with to grow towards that point. I believe in senior saints, believe it or not, because I sure do need their wisdom and your example. I believe in a kingdom that is full of power. Not power given by this world, by our politics or by our religion or by our education, but a kingdom with power that comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. I told you my dad was a Pentecostal preacher, didn't I? I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in a philosophy of the kingdom, but I believe in the power of new life that raises even the dead. Y'all ever seen anybody raised from the dead? I haven't. But my dad, who Lynn said was a missionary, he took a trip, he was over in, as a missionary to Nigeria. 
demon over there a couple of times. And one of the things he came back, he said, Dan, you ever see anybody raised from the dead? No. He said, I have. <laughs> what? He said, those people believe in prayer. And he said, that they would come, he said, he saw they came and brought this dead person who had been dead for two days. And they had their funeral there. And the whole people came around and they prayed and they prayed and they were there for hours. He also said that their offering took two hours to take their offering away. But anyhow, these people believed in prayer and then when God said he wanted to raise the dead, they raised the dead. And he said, Dan, he said, that person will come back to life. He said, I can't explain it. But he came back to life. And my dad would lie to me. And I really believe it. And I believe in Christ. We have been given power. Jesus said, I'm going away. He said, but I've left you. He said, you're going to do greater things than I've done. How many greater things have we done lately? Challenge. How much greater things? How much have we depended upon faith and our trust and the kingdom power that flows through us? The kingdom of God is the rule of God. It's not a place. And it's both present and future. But it is still becoming in our lives and in our midst. Jesus said, don't look over here, Luke. Don't look over here. Don't look over there. He said, if you're looking for the kingdom, don't look at those places. He says, that kingdom is within Again, I believe it's real. Well, I want to tell you a story in closing. Somebody say? All right. Did they say the right one? Hey, uh, you'll get the rest of it tomorrow. Um, I want to tell you a little story about about in, in thinking about the kingdom. It's a story about a family that once had two little puppies. How many of you like puppies? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> story about somebody with two little puppies. And one of the puppies was a boy and surprisingly the other one was a girl. And for some strange reason Wherever the sister went, the brother was on her tail, following her wherever she went. And every morning as they were let out to play, they'd go scampering out the door, down the steps, across the lawn, through a hole in the fence. And always the brother was always following right behind the sister. One day, the owner decided to fix that hole in the fence. And the next morning as they let the dogs get out to play, as usual, the puppies went out the door, down the steps, across the lawn. And as the lead dog approached the fence that now had been fixed, she saw that it had been fixed and she quickly turned to the right to avoid hitting the fence. Later, the family discovered why. 
The puppy, the boy puppy, was blind. The puppy had been blind since birth. He simply learned that to get around, he had to listen, listen to the sounds of his sister's footsteps, and listen to where his sister was going and following her. I conclude, there's a blind world outside these doors. I know there's a lot of good churches in this town. Had a nice visit, saw big churches. But you know what? There's always room for one more. There's a blind world outside these doors. And if we don't think so, all we have to do is read the headlines of the morning newspaper, if it still exists. More than anything, people need to see grace, love, and the peace of Jesus Christ People living out the kingdom of God presently as well as the future in heaven. I have a philosophy that if you come and talk to me, I hope that you will. But if you ask me something that I really don't know, you may get this answer. You know, I really don't know that all I'm worried about is eternity. And if it doesn't affect eternity, it fits very low on my list. And that's what the kingdom of God is. Spreading it, telling it, leading the blind puppies. Y'all know any blind puppies? I do. If God cares. If you want to know who I am, I'm a kingdom person. May God bless you. Lord, I thank you for the words that you've given us. I thank you for how you lead us. I thank you for a challenge, as you even challenged me today. What is a kingdom person? Lord, help us to find ourselves there in your kingdom. Being the holy people of God, the peculiar people, Peter says, a holy nation. A people that are for God's own use. Remind us every day that we live in the kingdom of light, not the kingdom of darkness. Bless us now as your Holy Spirit goes with us, even from this place, to think on those things that you have shared with us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you stand with us? And as he quoted the scripture in Matthew, we shall say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God.
opportunity now to uh, go fellowship and uh, Dan why don't you guys go ahead and start heading that way and get on down there because otherwise there's two or three people here would stop you and you'd never make it out of here so go ahead keep walking and everybody's got to go down there and eat at least something sweet because something sweet I'm gonna pray that the calories are rebuked won't work but we'll try but if you know, we're talking about dead people being raised. It is true. I, I, I've heard in the mission field myself some things. I have a pastor friend. Let's see you go too. Um, and and he he said he you know he's Church of God and kind of wasn't sure about the tongues thing. And he preached in Louisiana, and, you know, which really in English I don't know what it is. And he said all of those Filipinos heard. Guess what? Filipino, every one of them. He said, I've never experienced it before. I can't believe it. I don't know what happened. And God does amazing things. And I think it's true. We need to have faith and believe. Amen. Have faith and believe. Let's go have time, a good time together, okay? Father, bless this food. Bless our fellowship. Lord, we just love each other. We thank you that we are part of the kingdom. God, you have given us a gift that's just immeasurable. Thank you for that. May we have an experience tonight as we share together and love on one another and get to meet the masters in Jesus' name. Amen.